It's hard to believe, even for the three of us who've recorded all these episodes, but here we are, Camp Code Podcast 100. Join us as we share the most memorable tips our listeners have found over the years and ones we've heard from each other. We'll give you a sneak peek at some of our amusing behind-the-scenes moments, as well as our thoughts on how the industry has changed since we began recording over eight years ago. Welcome to our celebration of 100 episodes of Camp Code. This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Go Camp Pro. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for summer camp leaders and directors at gocamp.pro. Do you ever feel like you're spending so much time at the office that you have no time left for camp? With UltraCamp, you can track attendance, manage staff applications, and streamline registration so you'll be back outside in no time. Find out more at ultracampmanagement.com slash campcode. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by GoCamp Pro. We have created and are dedicated to this podcast because we believe that staff training is one of, if not the most important part of your job as a camp director. Staff training is what prepares your staff to care for their campers, to feel confident in their skills, to do their jobs to the best of their ability, and to learn along the way. A well-thought-out and intentional staff training will help you in more ways than you can imagine, and we need to help each other bring our very best. Welcome, my friends. It is episode 100. So excited to be joined by these two other wonderful women, and we're going to do some introductions before we dive into our episode today. So Beth, we start us off. Absolutely. I'm Beth Allison. I'm co-owner of Camp Hacker and Go Camp Pro, and my pronouns are she and her. I'm a camp consultant and trainer coming to you today from freezing Woodstock, Ontario, Canada, and my passion is building solid, supportive, and purposeful community. Thanks, Beth. And Gabrielle. My name's Gabrielle. I'm one of the camp directors of Camp Oro. Camp Oro is an all-girls camp in the Laurentian Mountains of Quebec, Canada. And we focus on creating a positive environment for gender minorities. And my pronouns are she, her. I'm Ruby Compton. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm the chief exploration officer for Ruby Outdoors. I'm an organization that uh, it's just me. I'm a solo printer uh, who supports camps and outdoor programs, primarily in the Western North Carolina region, but also all over the world. And today we are so excited because this is episode number 100. And we thought today would be a great day to talk about uh, now that we are 100 episodes in, what have we learned so far? <laughs> <laughs> so we asked our listeners actually to share what were some things that they had heard uh, or had gained from listening to Camp Code, uh, to our podcast, to seeing us in presentations, uh, just being a part of this community. And we got some really great answers back. So we want to talk a little bit about some of those. We're also going to give you all some behind the scenes highlights or funny lowlights. <laughs> yeah, how to describe them best, um, as well as share some of our lessons learned from one another. So uh, I think I'm just going to jump in and share one of our first notes that came uh, from my dear friend, Gwen. And she shared, uh, always practical, factual, and boundary pushing in a good way. 
Best questions for staff to develop a sense of judgment about whether something is a good idea at camp, as opposed to always asking for permission without thinking deeply or with self-regulation about the idea. I learn so much each time I listen. Gwen, thanks so much for your comment. Beth, do you want to share any more or elaborate on that at all? Well, I think she's referring to the 4S test, which we've talked about many times. It's a decision-making tool that my husband and I came up with to give our people boundaries and a way to make the best choices without us always having to be present. So that came out of uh, a need after our first year where things were not where we wanted them to be. Let's just put it that way. So the four S's are four questions. Is it safe? Does it build self-esteem? Does it serve the community? And does it demonstrate good stewardship of the environment? So all of our staff and our campers, our volunteers, everybody has to answer yes to all four questions before they can do an activity or sing a song or essentially speak. And if they can't answer yes to all four questions, they can't do the activity. They need to reframe things to make it more positive. And it is something that completely changed our camp culture. And it's created a place where people genuinely care for each other and that sense of community. They work really hard to protect it. So certainly something that worked really well for us. And I know of many camps who have stolen the idea with permission, of course. I'm one of those camps. (laughs) So I'm I'm happy to hear it's out in the world. (laughs) It's me. Awesome. Fantastic. Beth, do you want to share another one with us? Yes, I have a very short one from Emma Sulas, and she says uh, what she learned was to train your staff to ask for consent for something as small as a high five. I'm celebrating over here. A lot of that was uh, sort of Ruby's thing. I don't know if you want to talk a bit more about that, Ruby, but you were really uh, pushing us in a good way. Thanks, Gwen, um, to be more thoughtful and intentional about our consent. And I think what's interesting is, is I feel like we were talking about consent um, just before and as it became a part of the kind of national conversation when we talked about Me Too and Time's Up. And we do have a few episodes talking about how to address those kind of conversations at camp and, and how to operate in a world where sometimes people feel like, you know, I can't say anything without upsetting someone or, or, you know, triggering somebody or whatever. And, and there just really is this big cultural shift to where consent is cool. And this idea of assuming that we know how people want to be treated, you know, it's not the golden rule anymore of like treat others the way you want to be treated. It's the platinum rule of treat others the way they want to be treated. And to know that we have to ask and talk about it. So um, yay, Emma, thanks so much for writing in. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more people's input on how consent language at your camp has, has changed the culture. Awesome. All right. I have another one. Uh, so this one says, my first month as a camp director was February 2020. I was excited and ready to go for an excellent first season. I hired a great team. What a season to start. And Yeah, right. <laughs> I hired a great team. And then almost immediately our first team meeting online. We hit the pandemic and I had to change everything, started taking walks with Camp Code and just doing everything I could to soak up all the learning I could as a new director and a pandemic director. I honestly do not think I could have planned my online staff training in camp in 2020 or the in-person staff training and overnight and day camp in 2021 without Camp Code. Thanks. It was my training ground, my connection to others. 
who were going through what I was going through and my inspiration when I needed to know what works and what doesn't and my comfort when I felt totally alone. And it continues to be a place of learning for me, of course, and something that I recommend to the emerging leaders at my camp all the time. Thank you. <laughs> nice. We love hearing that. Um, Gabrielle, I'm curious, um, how does any of that strike for you? Um, I know you've had you've had a pretty major couple of years too, as we all have, but you've been, you know, in it, in the thick of it. Yeah. I mean, my heart goes out to this person and I think it's, it's funny because this year with my team, we're, we're looking at camp, we're having opportunities to reimagine camp as well. And there's, we keep stumbling upon these half started half in the middle projects that we were working on in 2019 at the beginning of 2020. And it's, it's almost like this pile of um, hopes and dreams that are, that have collected dust. And I see so many camp directors in, in that position and what a heartbreak to get so excited to start in your career. And of course there must've been so many dreams and hopes, but I'm also rejoiced with our community of this uh, come together spirit, this problem solving um, energy and support and, um, and, and camp is tough. And I can see the resilience within our, within our industry and, and even more importantly, the support within our industry. Um, and, and that just makes me feel so proud. And I love how they said it was my training ground and my connection with others mm. who are going through what I'm going through. That's exactly why we started this podcast in the first place. So yay, that's really cool. So many of us are alone during that school year, or we work with just one other person who's often not in that same geographical space. And it can be daunting and terrifying and lonely. So we're really glad to hear that our podcast helps people feel more connected to the camp community as a whole and that we're offering a bit of inspiration and comfort. That's great. Yeah. I have another one from Ooh. a longtime self-proclaimed longtime professor, uh, self-proclaimed longtime <laughs> listener. There we go. Um, and they say, I love the show. It has quick transferable skills I can use and little things I can do that don't seem overwhelming. My favorite part is just listening and having content I can connect with from other professionals. Thank you um, to you and the team for your hard work and sharing your passion. I think it really is our passion. And it's a reminder that it's the little things that matter. So you don't need to leave any kind of professional training, be it in-person conferences, remember those, <laughs> or online webinars <laughs> or books or podcasts with life-changing dramatic ideas. Sometimes it's just great to pick up a few transferable skills with each bit of learning and incorporate them into your training or your camp program. And those kinds of things can add up to amazing changes. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the big things that I hope we will continue to offer. And I'm really proud that we have offered in the past is real things you can plug in right now and recognizing every mm -hmm. camp is different. Every program is different. So exactly how we describe it is not necessarily what you're going to do. 
But if it sparks an idea of like, oh, that's genius. And this is how it would work at my camp. That's when I get really excited. And I love hearing from folks saying, hey, we took this thing that you did and we did it this way. Mm -hmm. And so know that anything we say on the podcast, largely you can put your own spin on it, like take it (laughs) and, and, you know, create your own magic around it. Um, And as much as possible, I hope that there are some plug and play tips that we are able to share, but also that there are uh, cool ideas that come out of, of what is said. And, and these two ladies who've been on many calls with me know that often I will say something like, before I share an idea, like, I love this idea, but I'm going to share this because <laughs> it might spark something really cool for you, you know, um, and that, that kind of brainstorming um, uh, atmosphere. Very cool. All right. Um, I, while you were talking, I was looking up, Colleen was the one that I read, uh, my last letter from. So thanks Colleen for taking the time to share. And then next up is from John and, uh, John said that, what have you gained from being a camp code listener? I think the greatest thing I've gained through listening is as I am listening, just personally creating the space to really rethink how camp has been done and thinking Mm. strategically about how we are doing it here at Kadesh. The topics bring up personal thoughts, and I often find myself having Siri make notes for me while I drive. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) thank you so much for all your great knowledge and insight, and pass on my thanks to the rest of the team. And John, I do that too. I say, I'm like, Siri, make a note when I hear something good on a podcast. Um, Beth, what what does that letter bring up for you? Well, I think what I love about that comment is where he says, creating the space to really rethink how camp has been Mm -hmm. done. That's what we should be doing every year, all of the time. Yes, we may love our training and our programs, but we always need to be in that open-minded headspace to ask ourselves, are we doing all we can? Do things need to be adapted to respond to changes in our world? Are we still growing and learning? you know, all those kinds of questions and being strategic about it. So important, creating space to act and not react whenever possible um, is really key to developing your camp program. What about you forget? What about for you, Gabrielle? Got my words all twisted there for a second. I got so excited. <laughs> I, I um, like Beth, I, lo- I love the idea of us, of us as professionals, camp professionals, creating the space um, throughout the year to think about how can we do camp better? How can we do it differently? And I, th- I think what, what also speaks to me is I, I love that I'm part of a community that is intentionally thinking about our staff. And when we do that, then our staff can intentionally think about our campers. And um, it just, it just makes me feel like I'm part of a community that really cares about the people that we serve. And I know it's scary to change things, especially when you have experience, especially when you've done things that have worked. But in our industry, we need to constantly be evolving to support the generation that's going through the things that we've never gone through before. And the more we can learn from each other and the more we can create space to stop, pause, think, and adapt, the more we we can be that support person. So I, I now also just learned a tip of 
giving notes to Siri. Um, I usually call, <laughs> I usually call a, like now I'm like a call a friend. I'm usually call one of my staff uh, teammates and say like, Hey, have we thought about this? And she's like, Oh, Gab's driving. She's wants me to jot down notes, but Siri sounds like a good idea too. <laughs> See, we learn from our listeners. As sure. Well. <laughs> Uh, awesome. All right, Beth, I believe you have another one for us. I have one more. This is our last one, I think. Um, so thanks to everybody who took the time to send stuff in. We're really grateful. And this one I loved reading because I could hear my uh, co-ladies all the way through this when I was reading. I was like, yep, that's Ruby, Gabby, yep, yep, check, check. <laughs> um, so I started my camp in 2019 and didn't run in 2020 for obvious reasons. So last year was a pivotal year for me and I came out feeling awesome only to read the staff evals that came out lacking. Can you imagine? Oh, that's so depressing, but it's happened to us all. Uh, We focused a lot on how our intentional beginning broke apart across communication during the summer. This season, my ops manager and I went into it with fervor. Love that. More fervor. We completely rethought our staff training, and I'm excited that we just hired 18 of the most amazing female identifying individuals. A lot of it is thanks to the ideas that Camp Code gave me. So here are some of the ideas that I'm using. We changed our application to ask intentional questions related to our mission. Gabrielle. How many times have you said that? Uh, We changed our job descriptions to emphasize our mission as well. And this led to 400% more applicants than the previous year. We interviewed over 40 folks for 18 positions. Our folks we interview get a pre-interview packet that gives them lots of information from our top asked questions the previous year. So look at that. Analyzing, front-loading. Love it, love it. We implemented an interview rubric. Ruby. That's definitely a Ruby thing. I I don't know why you would think that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which really helps us to decide between some fabulous folks. We're doing pre-training modules spanning the following months. Our staff handbook is long but interactive. And we combined it with a journal that staff can use all summer. Matches our camper journals as well with prompts. So they have prompts to interest um, to engage with their campers. Along with team building Zoom calls and a book club. I mean, they are doing it all at this camp. Isn't that exciting? Wow. Our staff training is three weeks long. So jealous. But this year it is planned out with selfie time, as we call it, um, which is siesta moments that we didn't have last year. And we're including a lot about communication and mission in a in addition to our trip protocols. I feel like staff are already getting excited for the summer and getting kids outside. I think we're going to have an amazing summer. And she goes on to say, I am grateful for finding the whole slew of podcasts. That's an understatement, but I'm most grateful for the Camp Code staff taking the time to share on their podcasts. We are working on ACA accreditation this year, and I think we're going to fly through it. So what do you two ladies have to say about that? I mean, I know... Gabrielle asked, are we doing a recap today? And I was like, well, you know what? I think this, uh, this letter does it. Basically recapped. <laughs> Do all these things. You're doing it the camp code way. So <laughs> I just want to slow clap, you know, like just stand there, slow clap. Yep. <laughs> oh, the way to apply the stuff that you're learning. I mean... Uh, yes, I'm just bow down, slow clap. It's it's yeah. it's one thing to to believe in it, want to want to do it, but then actually putting it into practice is a whole other thing. And well done. And to come back from 
A, a year of excitement that got canceled. Yep. And then to think you did really well and to find out <laughs> things had fallen apart in the staff yeah, didn't that tell sucks. you. Yeah. Um, and then to be this excited to do again is just like I really compliment your perseverance and your grit and resilience and determination. That's so inspiring. Awesome. I love that. Well, thank you all so much for tuning into this segment. Next up, we're going to be talking a bit more about some of what we've learned from each other, as well as some of our hilarious behind the scenes moments. But first, we got to take a quick break uh, to hear from our sponsors. We truly wouldn't have made it to 100 episodes this soon without the support of our podcast sponsor, Ultra Camp. Did you know you can visit their website and download a free guide titled Five Unique Ways to Connect with Campers Outside of Camp? When you visit ultracampmanagement.com slash camp code, you can download this free guide. You can also find out more about Ultra Camp's transparent and flexible pricing that lets you rest easy and focus on what is most important, your campers. Ultra Camp offers no long-term contracts. Um, they have clear pricing with no hidden costs. Uh, they have low minimum entry and flexible payment terms. UltraCamp's goal is to provide resources so that their clients can spend more time in camp doing what they do best. And if this doesn't sound like your registration software, don't you think it should? Visit their website, ultracampmanagement.com slash camp code and set up a time to chat. They look forward to meeting you. All right, friends, we are back and... Uh, before we dive in to, uh, some more stories, just want to, you know, me, I like the numbers. I like the data. <laughs> so I want to share some stats that are kind of fun. Looked them up. I'm a nerd who likes numbers. And <laughs> so here is some info for you. Since we started this podcast, what a little over eight years, that's what she said. Mm -hmm. Um, we have released obviously a hundred episodes that all together <laughs> offer over 60 hours of professional development focused on designing intentional staff training. Uh, yeah, I guess if you sat down and listened to all of our episodes, it would just about be like, uh, going to a conference all about staff training. More voices is, is better. So like, you know, don't do that, but <laughs> pick and choose <laughs> and, and listen. As, I feel like if you sat down and binged us. It would, it would be a lot. Uh, all right. And let's see, over 31,000 downloads over the last two years alone. Whoa. Wow. Oh, wow. Our podcast hosting platform. So these, most of the rest of these stats are from the last uh, couple of years. And so there may be more, but this is what we have captured for now. Uh, we have over 50 five-star ratings in podcasting apps. We'd love to make it to 100. Check out your podcasting app right now. Leave a rating review. Thanks. All right, great. Uh, over <laughs> 2,500 cities, towns, and municipalities across the world have logged downloads wow. for the show. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, and what's funny is I went through and I was like counting and I was like, oh, there's so many. I'm not going to count all of these. And later on, I saw there was a, a total. A total. <laughs> uh, but our top six, our top six cities overall, we can see it by episode, but overall, uh, our Toronto, Columbus, Ohio, Montreal, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, Manhattan, and Chicago. So shout out to all our camp director friends uh, who are listening all across the world. We have listeners on all six 
inhabited continents. And I don't know, we should run an experiment. If you go to Antarctica, throw us a download while you're down there. If you can get some internet, amazing. Uh, see if it pops up. <laughs> I just would like to see that get filled in on the map. But we we have downloads all across the world, listeners in 75 countries. And a couple of our most popular episodes recently, in case you are a new listener, um, engaging multi-generational staff in training. I think that's going to continue to be applicable. That's episode mm-hmm. number 71. And then staff meetings can be staff training. Mm. Uh, episode number 65. Both of those had over a thousand downloads. Uh, so I wanted to qu- throw a quick highlight to them as well. So exciting. I remember Gab and I being in Russia and these women rushing up to yes. us to tell us how much they loved Camp Code. And they were from Siberia. Yeah. And it blew my mind that they had listened to all the episodes and yeah, they were amazing. They were amazing. And they were telling us all the wonderful things that they were doing at their camp. And then that blew our minds because yes. it was like, come on the show. <laughs> You're fantastic. <laughs> oh yeah. That was, that was quite an experience. Yeah. Amazing. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And anytime, if we ever do have in-person conferences again, it is always really nice when people come up and say, Hey, I like this episode or thanks for what you do. Uh, it always warms the heart a little bit. And I, I will happily chat with you for a few minutes when you mm-hmm. say the magic words. All right. Uh, so next up on today's episode, we want to share a little bit about what we've learned from each other. And so we are going to start with Beth sharing about what have you learned from me? So I came up with this, this idea for this part of our podcast and This morning, I was thoroughly annoyed with myself for giving myself (laughs) such a difficult piece of homework because like, how do I choose just one thing that I've learned from Ruby over all these years? It's impossible. So I finally narrowed it down to one of my favorites. So years ago, we created a session all about giving feedback without your staff hating you. And we started it with GAB's PI acronym, Professional Information Exchange. And then Ruby created this amazing staff evaluation process that included a Venn diagram of three questions for staff to ponder in their evaluation. So the first one is, what are the needs of camp? The second one, what are the needs of the people in your care? And the third one, what are your needs? So for Ruby, she gives staff time to fill this out reflect on what overlaps and what doesn't in the Venn diagram, and then ask staff some questions like, what did they do to meet the needs of each uh, of those areas? What happened as a result of their actions? And therefore, of course, what's their impact? It's such a great reflection tool. And the final step is to ask them about their growth factors under specific headings. So in other words, how How did they manage this growth? How did they learn these skills? And for this, she created a superb acronym, which brings a tear to my eye because I'm so very proud. And the first is intention setting. The second is making mistakes. The third is practicing. The fourth is asking questions. The fifth is collecting from others. And the sixth is trying something new. And if you could see these written out, you would notice that the acronym is impact. Such a great reflection tool for staff, helping them to become more comfortable with evaluations to see how it can help them in positive ways and to get them excited about how they can continue to grow and develop. So well done, Ruby. I will always use that. Mm-hmm. Wow. That person sounds kind of smart. That's cool. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, next up, Gabrielle, can you share a little bit about what you have learned from Beth? Absolutely. And I echo 
Beth, your suggestion. I was like, I love this idea. And then I was like, I don't, I don't love this idea. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? <laughs> I need multiple podcasts to speak about both of you. Yes. Um, I'm going to, I'd like to start with from Beth. What I've learned is lead with a big heart and a strong line. And so for me, what that means is that you genuinely care about your staff members and you genuinely care about their success and their happiness. But there is a strong line that we have within our community to protect our community. And being transparent is is kind to your staff members. And one of my favorite sentences from Beth is, let me make myself perfectly clear. And letting staff members know what is expected from them and and what would be the consequences if we cross that line. And I think why Beth and Travis have such a family, extended family within the camp community that work within camping or leadership with young individuals is because that they truly care about the people that they lead, but they also um, protect that community as well. And even if you're not part of that community any anymore, there's still a place for you at the table. So I try to remember that when I'm leading um, big heart, strong line. I think that's a sticker you need to make me. I got it. I'm on it. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Amazing. All right. Well, I um, get the joy and pleasure of sharing a couple of the the best lessons I've learned from Gabrielle. And um, the, one of the biggest ones that has really changed my teaching is the importance of multimodal training it's a big fancy word that I don't think Gabs would necessarily use, but it's basically like, I can't just teach the way that I was taught. Um, and so like, yes. I'm a reader. Um, I, yeah, if I put out a staff manual, I expect everybody's going to have read it because I like to read the staff manual and that is not going to work for all learners. And so Gabs has really pushed me to make sure that when I'm teaching, that there are visuals, that there's imagery, that there's not too many words. And that sort of like editing and thinking about my presentation style has definitely raised the bar on my teaching. And and it goes from doing staff trainings to like even teaching like CPR first aid and lifeguarding, things like that. Um, I I just across the board, that has really helped. And and I also just want to throw another like quick shout out to I was 100% that person who would receive an application. And if there was a resume with a spelling error on it, I would throw it out. I was like, well, as far as I wasn't careful and you know, and a thousand percent, I was that person. And because I was like, I don't have time, they have a spelling error, they weeded themselves out. And now I see that that is not a legitimate reason to throw out an application. And, um, and that there, there is a lot of value in making sure that we are paying attention to the various learning styles and learning differences that are out there. And if you're not familiar with what any of those are, uh, ask your community. I bet there are folks who are uh, who have various learning differences and would appreciate being able to tell you how they could learn best. So asking that question, you know, how how do you learn best? What do you need to be successful here? Um, I've learned a lot by asking that alongside Gabs. Yeah, because we miss out on a lot of great people when we assume they should all be like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Beth, you've thrown out some applications because of spelling errors too, haven't you? <laughs> yep. And written in pencil. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago, but yes, I did. <laughs> Changing the world, Gabs. Changing the world. Yep. That's right. When I when I was on the online dating scene, um, and I would be texting people at the very beginning, I would copy paste my text because the theirs get me so confused. And I would, and I know that if you use their um, incorrectly, that is a trigger for some people. So I would copy paste it to my friend Zoe and I'd be like, can you check my spelling? And then I would copy paste. And she was like, I'm only getting half of this conversation. Can you just like involve me? Is there a way that the three of us can be involved? I was like, no, but (laughs) so she was like my editor for my, when I was trying to be aloof and like, you know, like, oh, sure, whatever, no big deal. But like deep down, I was like getting everything. <laughs> That's I did not know that. That's a fantastic, fantastic story. Awesome. All right, we'll go around one more time. And Beth, uh, it, tell us what you learned from Gabs. So again, one of the hardest exercises I've ever had to do, how do I choose my favorite from everything Gab has taught us? So much brilliance has come out of that woman. Um but as you know, I do love me a great acronym, and this is one of WAROs. So the other passion that I have, as much as I love to develop brand new staff, I really put a lot of energy into my return staff when I was directing because I often felt that they sometimes got neglected. Once we had them in the door the first year, we didn't need to teach them anymore. Not true. So this is Waro's guideline for their return staff for developing that desired behavior that they're looking for when they're role modeling to new staff. So GAB's acronym is WARP and the W stands for welcome. So things like every time a return staff member sees someone else walking down the path, they go up and greet them. When they the new staff enters the room, the return staff acknowledge them. If somebody's moving bags, they're offering to help. And this is what I love about this particular piece is return staff, because of GABs, understand that they are the hosts during training and they need to be as welcoming as possible. So they get together ahead of time before the new staff uh, really get a chance to arrive and they come up with ways to welcome them in very specific situations during training. And for Waro, this is my favorite, a welcome shouldn't be noticed. It should just be felt. O is for observe. A lot of returning staff members, as we know, are good at observing behaviors in campers because, I mean, it's one of the reasons we hire them back. So they need to apply that knowledge into staff training. So, for example, if they enter the staff lounge and there are groups of first years that are all sort of huddled together and they need to be a bit infiltrated, um, the return staff try to get them to mingle with new people. Is one person off to the side grabbing a quiet moment from for herself or is she looking overwhelmed and sad? And so they check in and try to figure out if she's okay, if she's not okay. And if she's not, then one of them goes to Gab and lets her know. But these are skills that they've already developed with campers. So um, they use them to help that staff dynamic. Role model, a lot of returning staff members are skilled at many things that we do during training. They've honed those skills over the years and they don't need to go through all those basics of a new staff person. But that brand new staff person needs to see somebody role model how they should behave to be successful during training. And as Gab likes to tell the story, she has staff members who can wake up two minutes before flag on the very first morning together and be dressed and on time and have absolutely everything they need. But she has them get up early anyway so that um, they can help new staff be prepared for the day. And all of her return staff take notes during sessions, even if they could teach that material. 
because they are role modeling. And P, of course, is for problem solving. Of course, our return staff knows the info. They know how to take care of that camper who's, who's missing home or is having a meltdown or who is bored. But we want them to help problem solve these situations with our new staff. And so Gab encourages her veteran staff to ask questions like, what do you think? what would you try? Because she knows that it helps staff members build confidence. And as we all know, there is growth and information retention when they are helping other people out. So warp, brilliant. Use it all the time. Genius. Mm -hmm. And a creative spelling as well. Yes. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) It's great. It's great. Great. Wonderful. Uh, So good. You know, you know, if you see it written out somewhere, you can be like, mm, trademark that because you know it's your spelling. So good, good point. Good go. And that is why <laughs> this is how this is how used to my staff are to me, where they're just like, ah, we get what she's saying. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and they move forward. <laughs> so until today, I've probably been teaching warp for maybe eight or maybe 10 years. Nobody has ever told me that that's not how warp is spelt. Sorry mm. <laughs> right. for you. Yeah. I it's love it. Warp. It's more a warp. Yes, it is. <laughs> awesome. Well, Gabs, we're coming to you next. Uh, what have you learned from me? Mind the gap, mind the gap, mind the gap. So, so you know, if you've traveled to Europe or England, there's um, signs everywhere, especially when you're hopping onto a metro or subway and it says mind the gap. So there's obviously a, ma- a gap and you have to mind that. Personally, I'm somebody that loves big ideas and inspiring people with those big ideas. And Ruby has taught me the value and the importance of minding the gap between our big ideas and the details of executing those ideas. And um, often when Beth and myself and Ruby are creating sessions or creating content, Ruby's the person that comes in and says, how are we making sure that these details are are, are they're being followed through. If you leave an organization, Ruby has created a map for that organization to, to be followed. And mind the gap for me also means um, who's missing, uh, who's not at the table, where, 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 what gap are we missing when we're, we're serving this community? And it has really pushed me to, okay, A, I'm taking productivity classes, which is ridiculous. I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, But I am wanting to be that leader that minds the gap. I'm good at the other stuff. and But I do know that if we take care of these details, we can be so much more intentional that the organization isn't just dependent on me or the person that's in charge, that anybody can, can step in um, and not be lost. But more importantly, um, it's more inclusive. So the details matter and um, and putting that time and energy, even though you might not feel like doing it, is a care for your organization and your people. Yep, for sure. Thanks, Gabs. Okay, now it is my turn to talk about what I've learned from Beth. And one of the biggest things that I've learned from Beth, which is probably not going to be shocking to you all is to get it done early. So she is always the one who, when we have a presentation or something coming up that she's like, Hey, we should start working on this (laughs) uh, instead of waiting for the last minute to do it. And um, it's always a better product 
because of that, because it gives us more think time and revision time and a chance for Gabrielle to go, none of this makes sense. And then we start over again and, and it happens every time. And it's great because in the end, it always ends up being this much, just more refined product. Um, so I'm just so grateful for that reminder. And I also have to give the biggest shout out in the world to Beth. And um, I have been fortunate that I got to learn from Beth and then go visit a camp that she had run for a long time. And so getting to hear uh, all these things that she did and then get to see how it played out, even though she wasn't there anymore, like pulling strings, it was so cool. And the biggest thing was driving into camp and the staff coming up to Travis and Beth and saying, welcome home. And saying to me, welcome and welcome home. And I just remember being completely floored by the feeling that that gave me. Being a new person to that camp, being a visitor to that country, you know, just all sorts of things where I felt very out of place and being welcomed with complete and utter and open arms. Um, And I remember just being like this, this is the feeling that camp should have to every single person that is coming here and set a new goal for me for how I wanted camp to feel to folks who came on camp property. So that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Thanks Ruby. Yeah, you're And you're an honorary Canadian now. So. <laughs> you sure are. <laughs> These are my support Canadians. You all get to hear my conversations with my support Canadians <laughs> every couple of weeks. Awesome. Well, next up, we wanted to share a few of our hilarious behind the scenes <laughs> moments um, and and just, you know, things that happened that ended up on the editing room floor uh, <laughs> that we have to give a big shout out to our, our podcast editor, Etienne, yes. who makes us sound great. And today we've given him all the edits. <laughs> but, uh, so let's uh, let's start with Beth. What's a what's a behind the scenes moment you want to share today? Well, I don't really want to share it, but in our very first podcast, I talked about the four S's and we were just minutes into the recording and I was listing them off so that I could explain their value. And I actually could not remember the fourth S, no matter how hard I tried. And Gab and we were just howling and that was not helping uh, me to remember. And I mean, this was something I created and I'd been using it for years. I talked about it dozens of times at conferences and I just could not remember. I think it was stewardship um, and it was very embarrassing. And we paused and started again and I figured out what it was. But that was sort of my intro into podcasting was not even remembering something my own brain created. <laughs> That's all right. It happens. I still remember. <laughs> Uh, Gabs, I think you have one that happened kind of recently, yeah. Yeah, recently, recently, I was doing um, I was doing our recap as I usually do, and one of my cats. So I have two cats, Jack and Lily, and Jack is very vocal when he his tummy's not happy, and he comes and he tells me something's not going wet, going right, and it's usually followed by puking. Um, and that's exactly what happened while I was doing my recap, but I don't know why I sort of froze in the moment. So he literally puked on part of my leg and, um, my chair and I was doing the recap and I know that we can pause and I know that we can, but for some reason I was in it and I was like, 
I just hope nobody's here can hear this. And I just powered through. And then afterwards, I was like, I'm so sorry, I was off. My cat puked. And Ruby was like, Why didn't you just stop? And just I was like, I don't know. I was in the moment. I I didn't know what to. I, it's done. Like <laughs> that's it. That's it. So. Um, I don't being know. the professional that you are, we didn't notice. Like, <laughs> Ruby no and I didn't catch that there was something going on at all. So, oh, it was horrible. Right? <laughs> Poor Jack. Yeah. And then he's like, I feel better. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> uh, gotta love them pits. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, my, my behind the scenes moment is that, uh, Every time I host and I have to read the intro, there is a risk that I will get the giggles and not be able to get through the intro. I feel like the couple of times we've had Travis on the podcast, it more often than not happens when he's here, but I don't know what it is. I just, it's like every outtake you've ever seen of a TV show or a movie where somebody just can't get through their yep. line. It happens and just giggles and gabs about it like, Ugh, you know, <laughs> I mean, they're very kind, but it gets to a point when I'm like, somebody else is going to have to do this. Anytime (laughs) you've you've listened to the intro, if it sounds like I'm smiling, I'm probably holding back the giggles. I don't know why. Well, once it was almost, I don't think I'm exaggerating. I think once it was like close to 15 minutes, like we all got it at one point. Yeah. And then had to sort of wipe our faces if we had mascara on, like it was... And I don't know what it's what happens with you, Ruby, but it just starts and then it's contagious. But there's one time Very where it contagious. was a straight up 15 minutes. Then we all got it. We all caught it. <laughs> there, somebody, one of my friends once told me that they observed in my giggle fits that often, often in my giggle fits, I will get to a point where I'm like, ah, and then I go, ah, and then I instantly start giggling again. And that, so now I'm aware of that, which makes me laugh even harder. Anyway, uh. it's a vicious cycle, <laughs> but there are worse things, I guess. <laughs> Lots of fun, fun times in 100 episodes. Oh, yeah. All right. Anything else to highlight over our last 100 episodes before we uh, move on? I don't know. We'll have to save that for the 200th episode. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Great, great, Here's great. Show 100 more. Great. Mm-hmm. I, uh, think, well, oh, I think we were, I think that. What's also interesting for me that we're at our hundredth. I I remember one of our first conversations before we even had a camp code name. That I think I think we were saying like maybe we could get two seasons out of this topic. I think like that. I I recall yeah. somebody saying that and just saying where where can we take it. But I I also remember had like a little bit of anxiety that we're not going to be able to even make it past one season. And, um, and here we are. And now, now I'm at a point where I'm like, oh my gosh, we have so much more to talk about. <laughs> like who had, like, we have to, we have to dedicate time to this. This is, and we do, but it's like, we need more time to, to talk about things. There's so much more to talk about. Which is about. an excellent segue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed it is. So my friends, thank you all for listening. And we would love for you to get involved with the podcast. You can tell us your thoughts on this episode, your lessons learned, or uh, hilarious behind-the-scenes moments that you want to know more about. Uh, you can tell us and ask us about those using the hashtag camp code. Tell us what topics you'd like for us to discuss, any guests that you recommend we have on the show, any great leadership training tips you have to share. We'd love to hear from you. We are all about sharing in this industry. And if you have found this podcast to be useful, please leave us a rating and review 
in your podcasting app of choice. Your feedback helps keep the show going and also helps more listeners find the podcast when they need it most. So please leave that rating when you get a chance. Uh, we'd love for you to get in touch with us if you have specific questions to follow up with. Beth, how can folks reach you? You can find me at gocamp.pro, email me directly at beth at gocamp.pro, or I'm on Twitter at Topaz. Gabs? You can follow me on Instagram at Gabrielle Rail. Rail takes two L's. And you can reach out to me at info at waro.com. Waro is spelled O-U-A-R-E-A-U.com. And you can find me at Ruby Outdoors on Instagram, ruby at rubyoutdoors.com on email or at rubylin85 on Twitter. For our next podcast, we're going to be continuing the conversation we started in episode 99 about boundaries and how those apply at camp when we're building community norms. So boundaries part two on episode 101. So I hope you'll join us for that. Before we wrap up today's episode, we want to touch briefly on what we each think and and upon reflecting on how has the camp industry and or staff training changed since we began podcasting eight years ago? Beth, how how do you see changes that have happened? I think like many things in our world, what was accepted for it's always been like this is no longer okay with people. And this is good. Mm -hmm. We are now starting to see pushback from staff about all kinds of things, how much we pay them, uh, what's acceptable for hours off and breaks. And this goes for year-round staff too. We're seeing a lot more directors question what is appropriate financial compensation as well as expectations their bosses or boards have of them and their time. There has even been talk of unionizing camp directors for this very reason. Uh, I think the way staff learn and how we teach them has changed significantly. They need many more bite-sized pieces rather than two-hour-long sessions on topics, a lot more visuals, more time to practice and feeling comfortable with new skills. Now, I mean, let me be clear, we should have been doing this all along, but we're now learning how important it actually is to get folks on board with our mission and feeling excited and inspired and supported to work at camp. There are so many more changes, but I think I just want to end with how we need to support staff has changed dramatically in the last decade. They're more hesitant to try new things or make mistakes. They're almost petrified to fail. So inaction is what we're seeing. And I think that not only being aware of these differences in people is important, but also really taking that time to consider how we will revamp our trainings or our programs, our hiring practices to reflect the needs of people today. Being intentional can only serve us and our people better. Awesome. Gabrielle, what are your thoughts on this? Everything that Beth is saying, I'm saying yes to. Um, this is stuff that we should have been doing before. And I think now camp directors are doing it now. I think the the little piece that I'd like to add to is, is basically um, including our staff in training, including our staff in, in the process of educating each other, allowing your staff members to educate you. I'm seeing a nice shift in that as well. And the, the truth is, is that, um, I think for a long time, it has been the camp directors that are the experts. I think that's an expectation from 
boards. I think that's an expectation from executive directors. And I think for camps to be successful today, we need to, um, we are on the path of realizing that our camp directors can't be the experts of everything, of everything, and that they need to involve their staff more on the conversation and, and use them um, to inform our, our camp culture. Awesome. Thanks for that. I think one thing I want to point out is that the amount of change that's happened, there's been a disproportionate amount of change that's happened in the last two years than happened in the six prior. <laughs> um, so even like if you were like 2019, top of my game, I know what I'm doing. You're running a very different camp in 2022. Uh, or going forward. Um, and even if your camp is the same, you're operating in a different world. And um, I think that that's just like recognizing that and that times of extreme change are stressful and challenging. And, and that's all, that's something we're all living through right now. Um, I, I think the tolerance and understanding of online learning, as much as people are like, Ugh, I'm sick of online learning. I don't know. I don't want to go to another Zoom call. I think part of what's cool is that we know that camp directors and camp professionals can do teaching better than other places, and not even specifically like not necessarily schools, but there's other classes that folks take that you're just like, oh, this is kind of a pain to have to sit through. And we can deliver that same topic at camp and do it well and more effectively and more impactfully. And I think we can do that too with online learning, where even if people are like, oh, I don't really want to do any online learning uh, anymore because I'm tired of it. I actually think that online community space is something that um, previously, like you could get away with not doing. I don't think you actually can not do it going forward. And that may look like, you know, online interest sessions, online parent meetings, um, online meet and greets, um, some sort of staff training module, either synchronous or asynchronous. Like, I'm not saying you have to go all in on it, but I, I do think camps that just don't do it at all are going to be seen as being behind the times. So I think if, if it's something that you've resisted, think about is there some sort of online training component that you can include? Uh, and I actually think that that's, that's a smart move going forward in a way that I'm, I'm not sure I would have recommended eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. Very good. So now on to our final segment today. And our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training. We'd love to hear some of your most memorable moments or most effective tips. You can tell us what they are using that hashtag camp code. And this week's best practice is from Beth. So I get to share another piece of genius from the mind of Gabrielle. When we've been talking to other directors and listening to their stories of difficulties in dealing with young adults who don't seem to see the world as their bosses do... Gabs came up with a way to frame this younger generation of staff that always helps me when I'm struggling to understand a young staff member who can honestly be 40 years my junior. Oh, it's painful to say. 
obviously, we haven't had the same life experiences. Our world growing up was very different from theirs. And I can be sometimes frustrated to try to figure out how to communicate and to see their point of view. And Gabs has named them the WTF generation. They are a generation who wants to make an impact, but they also need support. So in the WTF generation, the F stands for what to fight, what to fund, what to follow, and what to fear. And if I ask myself these questions, it helps me how helps me figure out how to better teach a session, run a program, deliver a message on social media, how that messaging should look and what it should be, how I can help them to discover their own answers to these questions. WTF generation, what to fight, fund, follow, or fear. Thanks, Gab. Genius. Awesome. Well, Camp Code is part of the Go Camp Pro Podcast Network. Check out all our other podcasts at gocamp.pro slash podcasts. There are some amazing people with some sage advice, so look them up and give them a listen. And another thank you, thank you, thank you to Beth and Gabs for sharing today and for taking some time in all the 60 plus hours uh, up to this point that we've shared with the camp industry. Thank you. It's so amazing. Um, I also just want to take a moment to highlight another Go Camp Pro podcast. I really love the conversations that Rachel and Cassie are having over at the Beyond Camp podcast. On episode 32, they discuss the intersection of camp and social work with Kevin Amaralt. And every episode of the Beyond Camp podcast features a depth and authenticity of conversation that is unlike any of the other shows in the Go Camp Pro network. I hope you'll take a look at their feed and pick out an episode that calls to you. And again, a big shout out, episode 100, to Etienne, our editor. So sorry for all the work this week. But from now, from all of us here at Camp Code, thanks for the listening, friends. Please remember, no other industry shares their best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea you heard on a Go Camp Pro podcast, please be professional and remember to give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Go Camp Pro. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.